Now, uh, to bring us all up to speed, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody in here understands what Advent is. If somebody is, is tuning in online, that, that there, you grew up, you didn't grow up in church, or maybe you did and your church didn't celebrate Advent, real, real brief rundown. <clears throat> what Advent is. Advent is just this. It's the Latin word Adventus, okay, which means, anybody? Coming. That means coming. That's all it means. Advent means coming. This is just the, 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 the tradition in the church. This is not something that, like, the, the Bible says you have to celebrate Advent. No, what this is is a tradition in the church that was started to remember Christ's first Advent, Jesus coming as a little baby in a manger. Not going to say it, Crystal. Eight pounds, six ounces, little baby Jesus in gold fleece diapers, right? <clears throat> Jesus comes as a little baby. But we, so we, we look to that and we celebrate that, uh, uh, that monumental moment, that, that historical fact that took place. But not only do we look to the first coming, we're looking towards the second coming. Now, as, um, as we observe um, Advent, we are keeping both of these. I, I don't know if you guys remember what we did last year, uh, but we, we talked last year about the Advent of the first Advent and the second Advent, and how we're like caught in the middle. We're caught in the middle of these two Advents, and what, what, what's, what's going on is there's purpose why we're in the middle. Well, I, 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 what I want to do with this Advent season is I want to not stay caught in the middle. I want to be focusing more on the second Advent as we celebrate the first Advent. And that's where we're going to be uh, um, in the, the book of Revelation for some time. We're not going to get there yet. But what, what I want us to really do is I want us to ask one question throughout the next four weeks, throughout the, this Advent season, is, are you ready? Are you ready? Now, when I say, are you ready, every Christian is like, yep, I'm ready. Every individual, every American is like, yep, I, I, I want to be ready. I think I'm ready. I hope I'm ready. And then it kind of digresses from there. Simple question, are you ready? So as you're thinking about, are you ready? Lee, am I ready for what? Well, what I want us to look at is, uh, I want us to start with the candle. We, we started with the, the prophecy candle uh, that we lit this week. Um, I want us to start with this candle because as Kurt like, laid out the carpet here, that there are so many prophecies that we, can, that, that we have in Scripture that, that, that talk about Jesus, that we can have this firm and this solid foundation in which we can build, uh, our, our faith can be built upon. Now, when, when we look at this, I'll read again what the prophecy candle is. The prophecy candle opens the period that anticipates Christmas and remembers those who first spoke the promise of the coming Christ child. The promise. That, that, that's the prophecy of God. That, that, that's the, the, it says that it, it anticipates Christmas. So it anticipates that, you know, what, what we're celebrating here. The, what do we, you see the signs, the reason for the season. What's the reason for the season? Jesus, right? There you go. So make sure you guys are awake. So it, it's what we, we, we celebrate. But what I want us to do, because Here's the deal. Um, I want to not only uh, help you solidify if you don't already, but I want to help you help equip you to uh, ask that same question of are you ready to those whom you love? And when I, when I say that, how I want to equip you is there's a lot of people out there. I met one uh, just this past week. 
that there's a lot of people out there who says, you know what? It's not that I don't believe. I just need some, I need some proof. Like, it's like a Jerry Maguire moment. Show me the money, right? Show me the money. Well, here's what I want to do. is I want to use the candle, the prophecy candle, as a springboard into this understanding of what took place. And then from there, we're going to move on to what is going to take place. So really quick, we're going to buzz through this. Uh, and talk about why the prophecies of Jesus are so important. Why the prophecies are, uh, of Jesus, like, like Kurt said, that there are numerous prophecies about Jesus in, in the Old Testament. He went down just through a list of, of a few there. But what we um, understand is that um, there are over a hundred, actually there are hundreds of prophecies, of those prophecies that were made um, of Jesus, there, were, there have been 108 of them fulfilled by Jesus. Some will say, oh, that, that, that's pretty cool. Who thinks that's a lot? Uh, okay, so here, let, let, me, let me blow your mind. Let me give you something that you're not going to understand because our, our minds can't understand such large numbers. Uh, um, a, uh, a professor of mathematics, um, Peter Stoner, and I, I've shared this with you before, but so it might be just a refresher. But uh, Peter Stoner, he selected eight, not 108, he selected eight of the best-known prophecies about uh, Jesus, and he calculates the odds of their accidental fulfillment by one person. So, so eight, eight prophecies that were made hundreds of years before, before someone is born, and that this someone accidentally, just, just by, by happenstance, happen chance or whatever, he, he fulfills eight of them. The probability of that is 1 in 10 to the 17th power. Think about that. So that is 1, 0, 0, comma, 0, 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 0, 0. That's 1 in 100 quadrillion. So that is... 10 with 17 zeros there behind it. It's a lot, right? Eight. Eight of them. So, and in your mind, you're like, okay, I don't, I don't, yeah, that's a lot. Illustrate. He, 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 give, he gave an illustration. Think of it this way. I give you a, 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 a shiny silver dollar, all right? And on that silver dollar, you write your name on it, nice and pretty, or you make faces or whatever. Then we put you in, a, in a, an airplane and we fly you over the state of Texas. Mind you, while you're in the airplane, you're blindfolded. We'll give you a barf bag just in case you need it. But you're blindfolded. I would need it because I, I don't do motion, right? But you're blindfolded. You, you throw the, the coin out the window because everybody has their windows open on the airplane, right? You throw your coin out the window. You finally, you land... Wherever you land, somewhere there in the state of Texas, now you magically levitate so the whole state of Texas can be filled up uh, knee-deep in these silver dollars. Okay? 
knee deep. All the way up to here. Now we put you or the same blindfold on you and say, all right, start walking and stop and reach down and grab a silver dollar. The probability of you reaching down and grabbing your silver dollar is one in 100 quadrillion of you doing that. So think about it. Eight prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. The probability of that is one in 100 quadrillion. So how about this? He goes on to say this. That uh, when people say that the, the, the fulfillment of prophecy in the life of Jesus was accidental, they, they, they don't understand what they're talking about. This is what Peter's saying. I agree with them. They don't understand what, what, what they're talking about. Because keeping in mind that Jesus did not fulfill only eight prophecies, he filled 108 we can't even do the math right now. I'm sure that there's some supercomputer that can do the math. So if you're online and you want to do the math, do the math. But he, the math in which he did, he says the chances of fulfilling 16 is 1 in 10 to the 45th power. Then when you get to a total of 48, the odds increase to 1 in 10 to the 157th power. And then it goes on from there. And he, he stopped because he, he, what he says, it is, it is statistically improbable that one person can fulfill all of these prophecies. Well, why, why is that important? Well, when we read about Jesus in the New Testament, we understand that he was spoken of in the Old Testament. When we read, but what we have a tendency of doing is we think that, okay, somebody sat down and they wrote the Bible and just kept on going and going and going and going and going. What we have to understand is the Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors on three different continents and three different languages. But it all has one central theme, and the one central theme is about the Messiah. It's about Jesus. And these prophecies is what link all of the, the, the Scripture together. Let's look at, at, at uh, uh, Matthew chapter 1. And this we're going to start because when we're talking about these prophecies, we, we see at the birth of Jesus how the, the Old Testament and the New Testament are tied together here. How the first advent and the, and the second advent is going to be tied 